and ain't no wannabes here With some not so nice advice for your writing career To be clear, no punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me And her co-host, Matt Evan Wallace On the right, yes, she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight So settle in, folks, buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Coming to you live from the day-drinking solarium of the Ditch Diggers Manor, it is the Ditch Diggers with Mer Lafferty, Matt Wallace, and special guest star for episode 100, Cameron Hurley. Hi guys, happy 100! Hi, it's a shocker. I'm a surprise, shocking guest. <laughs> you are. Did you just like burst out of a closet? Whoa, like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cameron just burst out of the closet and said, Episode 100! Woo! <laughs> yeah. And then I pull off my mask and I'm revealed as Morgan Freeman. <gasps> oh, God, no. No, he's not welcome in the Ditch Diggers Manor. We've gone through so many problematic celebrities on this show. I, I no wanted... reason other than a really dumb side gag that we started randomly i wanted to go to jodie foster's manor but then we worried that that we would taint jodie foster and something terrible we would come out from her yes like, we go from one celebrity to another and every time we do that they get called out for doing this horrible shit doing something terrible yeah please jodie no we, yeah. we blame you know every once in a while they're gonna come out with a uh with a a, a press release going we blame the ditch diggers <laughs> they had been so messing dumb, around. We literally had to come up with this whole fake narrative of like we <laughs> consciously choose to build our own fake manner so we're not, you know, dealing with imaginary celebrities anymore. It's so dumb. Why is everything so awful? Well, I thought it question. was funny. It was funny. It's just I mean it's not it's not really funny in a haha way. Yeah. It's more funny in an ironic way at this point. Sure. Fair enough. We'll go with that. We'll go with the ironic. Iron irony, yes, it 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 works. Um, before we were recording, I was I was saying that um, you know things are absolutely terrible now, and you'd know this if you heard episode ninety nine. But uh, you know, Cameron did point out that we do have a lot of good stuff to talk about. So, uh, Cameron, why don't you tell us your good stuff? Okay, I'm still alive. Yes. In twenty. Yes. That's huge. Um, yeah, the Light Brigade was nominated for a Hugo. Hot Hell yeah. damn. The big one. The big one. That's best right. Um, and uh, Losing Gravity. Uh, I'm doing very well on that one. It's due possibly sooner than I will get it done, but uh, it's going very well. Uh, lots of people are interested in doing something with the Light Brigade, and surely with so many people wanting to do something with it, someone will offer me money for it and put a ring on it at some point in Hollywood. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, so, so, the, um, so the something you're talking about is a Hollywood something. Hollywood something, yeah. Gotcha. God, I've had so many calls. Hollywood people, Matt, Hollywood people love to talk and talk and talk and talk, and all they want is money. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, forget, I forget who said that, but they were dealing with, uh, like, Samuel Goldwyn. Maybe yeah. Gore Vidal, actually. Uh -huh. And they were like, Mr. Goldwyn, all you want to do is talk about art, and all I want to do is talk about money. <laughs> right? And then I think I'm they like... got in a fist fight. Or maybe I'm yeah. remembering the wrong. But yeah, I always remember that quote, because it's such a perfect encapsulation yep. of that relationship. It's like, the money people just want to tell you about how to do all the creative shit, and you just want to talk about the money and be left alone in the creative part. Right? Just, just you know, put a ring on it, sweetheart. But anyway, um, so yeah, so there, there are good things. And I think there's... There is, you know, I was watching um, The Old Guard on Netflix uh, this past few days. because I want to see don't... that. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I have a thing with superhero movies. I get kind of bored. But but uh, the fight scenes are great. Um, and there's some that she's like, oh, you know, the world isn't getting better. It's getting worse. Uh, frankly, as a historian, I have to just a fucking agree. Yeah. <laughs> we have antibiotics now. Right? We have antibiotics. There's a reason there's billions of us alive on the planet right now. Um we have no conception of how much worse shit has been. Uh, that said, I feel that some of our thing of 
why is shit so bad uh, is that we expect to be further along than I think that we really are. Um, because as humans, right, we should know better. Uh, and I think we keep falling into these same patterns again and again. And we keep trying to convince ourselves that, no, no, we're smarter now. We're better now or whatever. And then we find ourselves doing the same thing. You know, Nero is playing the violin while Rome burns around him. And we're like, how is this history repeating? Didn't we learn anything? Um, so, so yeah, so I, I know a lot of people are doom and gloom and yeah, it's not to say things are right. You know, this is, is these are the plague year, the new plague years. Um, new plague. we are living in a special place in the new plague years. Um, but you know what? My grandma was in Nazi occupied France during world war two. That was not a hot time. Let me tell you. Uh, so I, she I found the shoe with, of, she found the shoe with the foot oh, in the it. Shoe. That's right. Yeah. So we, again, every time I bring up my grandma. So anyway, and that is, but that story is very important because it puts things in perspective for me. So whenever I'm just like, oh, I have to be at home and, you know, self-isolating because I'm high risk. And so I have to watch Netflix and build a pond. Like, <laughs> sucks to be you. You know, your grandma was sitting in her garden while, you know, planes overhead were shooting each other. And that's not to say, obviously, that, you know, our struggles are whatever, whatever, not important. But I put, I try to put it in perspective. And when I put it in perspective, yeah, this is really tough. That said, humanity has gotten through far worse. So. Yeah, context is always very important. And I feel like the first thing to get sacrificed when we get into very emotional, mm-hmm. reactive kind of conversations. I have two very quick asides, and I don't know how quick they'd be, but I'm going to go there. First <laughs> is when you picture Nero playing a fiddle while Rome burns, what is he playing? Because in my head, it's always free bird. Is that just me? Bluegrass. You. Bluegrass? Yeah. Bluegrass, yeah. yeah. I think it's because I hate bluegrass because I grew up in the mountains. <laughs> and so if someone's going to play something absolutely wretched to my ears, it's going to be bluegrass. Fair. Fair. Hurley, what do you think? I... Uh, Honestly, it's just like that's just. <laughs> is that the music from Deliverance? Are you agreeing with me? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. It's just it's kind of a classical little tune. Oh, classical this little tune. This whole episode was all about getting Hurley to make that noise. <laughs> that's right. We're done. Okay, Thanks done. for listening to a hundred episodes. We'll see you in the next hundred. That's it. Yeah, you got it. You got the clip. That's all you need. Promote the shit out with that clip. My second aside is more of a statement, and it's just that, Hurley, your yard makes me feel so bad about myself <laughs> as a homeowner. It's just this constant stream of just being, like, one-upped and just big-upped in every turn because it's so amazing. And I can't, like I said, this is more of a comment. There's really nothing you can do about it. I just need you to know <laughs> you will how take bad this, it makes me feel about You will take this information, Hurley. Cameron, and you will like it. You know, uh, but I I hear a lot, actually, from people uh, who would like their significant others to stop following me on Instagram because (laughs) they they keep making them want to make them, you know, do yard work because they see all my stuff on Instagram and like, you know, sweetheart, if you just did more yard work, our yard could look like this. Um, But no, I, uh, I like to be outside and I wanted to live in the woods and I didn't get to live in the woods. I got to live in a place on three barren lots in Dayton, Ohio. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Bring the woods to me. Uh, And you did. And here's, and here's the thing. Yeah. uh, I've been thinking about this more and more, especially with lockdown and all that, because my lockdown has never ended. I'm high risk. My husband's high risk uh, for COVID. So we just mainly stay at home and occasionally go out wearing masks and slathering ourselves in hand sanitizer. And I realized, you know, I've spent so much of my life running around trying to get the next thing and the next thing and the best thing and the best thing. Why don't I concentrate on improving the stuff that I have um, and enjoying what I have as opposed to always reaching for the next thing, which is what capitalism tells us to do, right, constantly. You know, you'd have to have a bigger house and a better this and a better that. So I'm like, well, why don't you just invest the time in, you know, making what you have work for you as opposed to trying to just go out and buy it? Uh, and really, yeah, the garden this year, the quarantine garden, I'm calling it now, because 
literally in March. Yeah, I started. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do all the shit that I said I was going to do with the next five years. I'm just going to start it. <laughs> we did. We started. We put in, you know, we doubled the size of the vegetable garden. We're working on rocking in the pond. Um, I added a bazillion new uh, garden beds and we extended the little mini orchard. It's like a third of an acre. It's three lots. But yeah, if you look at the pictures on Instagram, I actually posted the pictures of what the house looked like 10 years ago. It's, it's a barren, it used to be a parking lot. It's a barren fucking lot. Uh, three lots. Yeah. And, and yeah. So anyway. Folks, um, listen to this. If you've not seen what Hurley's talking about, I really can't. I can't overstate how much you should check it out because it's amazing. Yeah. You <laughs> said, like, What's your Instagram? People... It's just uh, my name. So okay. Hurley. Yeah. yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. But you said okay. people actually mistake it for a public park, right? They do. Yeah. I had yeah. several people. Yeah, neighbors come up. So is this? Is this a public park? And like, <laughs> no, get the fuck off my lawn, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my woods. Listen. That's awesome. So yeah, that was my second aside. I just had to get that in there now that I had Hurley somewhere where I could chastise you for just making me feel bad about myself and my pitiful backyard. <laughs> but anyway. You feel better? So the first good thing is we're alive to yes. kind yep. of bring it back. And then the second good thing was Light Brigade, Hugo nominations. That's right. That's an amazing thing. Was there a third thing or are we fence posting awards and, and life as our as our whatever? Um, that I, I, I'm still under contract until I turn in this book. So, I mean, that's something. That is a big thing, man. Being yeah. Contract is a good, it's a, it was, I had a weird period there where I'd been on contract for like three and a half years and then suddenly I wasn't for ah. like months and it was, I felt lost in the wilderness. I felt lost in Hurley's backyard. <laughs> Hurley's backyard <laughs> 10 years ago. Among the orchards of Hurley's backyard, not knowing what to do next. So it is, you know, it's a close when when you're when you're an author, particularly, it's the closest thing you get to like steady employment in terms of writing. Yeah. Obviously, you yeah. can also have steady employment on top of writing novels, but that's the closest to novel writing steady employment you get. So that's definitely a big one. And uh, I believe we're all under contract for stuff. Yep. So yeah. That is definitely a good thing. And I, I will not everyone can say that. So no, no, it's true. Not everyone can say that. And I will drink to that because we're drinking. We are. Yeah. This is drinking number one hundred. <laughs> drinking number one hundred. Yes. <laughs> the reason why that came out awkwardly is because I've been drinking. So you can't blame me. I'm drinking uh, amaretto and Dr Pepper because I don't plan ahead. So. <laughs> Just what I have. You don't plan it. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, man. I know. You seem like you're surprised. I know. <laughs> he has a lot going on, okay? He has to wander his barren yard. My Hurley-like wilderness. <laughs> All he has is a tree that dogs pee on. I love that's Dude, that's I like know you love that tree. spot I know. in my life right now. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's almost like an Ang Lee film. It's like me looking out the window onto this patch of green where the dogs stop and pee. And that's like my, my window into beyond the confinement that I'm currently in. Are we going to watch this for two hours with really good camera angles? We could. And he'd make it beautiful. You can't yeah. say that Angley wouldn't make it beautiful. That's it'd true. Be, it'd be like the Hulk, but no, nah, I'd basically be like the Hulk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I had somewhere I was going with that before you derailed me. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, no, I, I do have a lot going on because I have a book coming out literally in, like, five days. That's what right. Day One, two, three, yeah, five days. comes out next Tuesday mm -hmm. as we sit here and record this. And, you know, it's an interesting time to be putting out a book. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. Because, I mean, some people say that people are reading more, and some people say that it's not quite a good time for anything to be happening, and it's all doom. So It just depends, man. There's no... It's so it's so strange when you get in those conversations because it's like books are selling more unless you're a children's author and then your books aren't fucking selling at all and everything is tanking. Like it's just a matter of perspective. Wait, people aren't buying yeah. kids' books? Yeah, kids' books. To, to, I mean, I don't know if it's rebounded, but the last time I was talking about this a couple yeah. a couple months ago, mm -hmm. yeah, kids' kids' book because kids' books don't really sell an ebook at all. Like it's a, yeah. it's, it's very much a physical book medium. So and and you can't go to a book fair. Yeah, there are no, they're not running book fairs and not running any events, schools out, or has been, unless you're in fucking Orange County where they're trying to make the kids go back because 
whatever. That's another. Gotta last ten seconds, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So even as you know, you're hearing now, people are buying the same amount, if not more, books. There are entire segments where it's like. People aren't buying my books. They're like, I have a new book, but it's stuck in a warehouse. It's closed, and literally no exactly. one can get to my new book. I've heard some real, <laughs> yeah, horror stories. Yeah. Oh, so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even have a kid's book coming out until next year, but this is just something. That's one That's one part of it. And then the other part is, like, if you're like me, I've got this epic fantasy coming out next week. You keep hearing about how, no, books are fine. They're doing good. They're, they're selling as much as not more. And you're like, is that going to trickle down to me? Because so far it doesn't seem like that's a thing that's happening. So... It's all a matter of perspective, is what I'm saying. It's there's a lot of unknowns uh, because again, yeah, I have talked to other authors who are like, you can see a huge tank right in my sales from March, and I'm like, my sales have been exactly the same. So, I mean, and that's fantastic. It's what you want, it's just, right? Yeah, you know, um, and and I just and they've run a couple of promotions, so they've actually been up a couple times, but that's just promotional stuff. Um, so, so it's really hard to make, you know, these sweeping, um, statements about the state of the book world, because it just really depends. Every author I've talked to has, it's been different. Yeah. You know? uh, and I agree with you, Matt. Yeah. I have also heard the same thing. It's, 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 you know, kids books, um, are really having a, a much harder time, um, than genre just because, and, and here's my thing. I also sell, um, mostly an ebook and that makes a big difference right now mm-hmm. um, so yeah i don't know it's weird i just I, I, I guess i would hope that some people would like think okay well we gotta entertain the kids maybe buy them some more books but that's just like right? me hoping yeah. that people would think that covering your mouth but, when you cough is a beneficial to yeah. all of us but and that's, where, do, yeah. where do book recommendations for kids come from the schools um, the schools, the librarians' yeah. schools, um, and I think that's a huge part of it that's missing. Is parents find books, you know, because um, they're recommended, you know, as well. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, there, it's also just a habitual thing too. It's like if you're not, if you if you've never been trained or used to buying ebooks, buying kids books, z books, just because the lockdown comes, you don't suddenly go, oh, hey, I should I should start I doing should do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, habit is a huge. You know, that's just a huge thing. It's always stunning to me how much is based on just what people are used to. You know, yeah. mm. I do agree that like I I feel like publishing isn't working as hard as it should to sort of tailor marketing and pushes and retraining audiences to what's going on right now. I do feel like absolutely that's not. And 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 I would say again, working in marketing, um, you know, for many other businesses and clients, nobody is. Uh, yeah. People are scared to death. They are pausing and freezing, and they don't know what to do, and they keep thinking it's going to blow over, even now. Four uh, months, people. Four I, months. Right? I'm like, this is the new normal. Fucking get your shit together, right? Like, get up off the floor. You had two months to cry it out. Now we got to get back to work. And that's me. Um, but, yeah, no, and I think, I think again, it's not just publishing. It is a lot of businesses, you know, have pa- you know paused their campaigns, have paused you know, their business. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, you know, even if you're a restaurant, get a fucking e-commerce store so they can order directly from you online. Right. Like you guys need to start thinking long term because this is not going to go away. Uh, and yeah, same thing. Now, I will say, you know, tour.com, I feel is doing a fairly good job. They are doing um, more stuff with, again, more. There's more of the Instagram stories. There is more. Hey, let's do some you know, online, the reading, the, what was it? The tour after dark or whatever. Yeah, it's after dark. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, that's really thinking of, you know, hey, people still want to connect with other people, especially now I feel more than ever. They want to connect. They love, you know, the reading and stuff. So how do we, how do we deliver that content? Again, the cost effective way um, that is engaging. Uh, and I think Orbit does the Orbit, Orbit Tavern thing, which I also really like. Um, so yeah, so I think, I think there's a couple that, and especially tour, tour is always very good with that tour.com. Um, but for the most part, yeah, a lot of people are just like, well, we'll just wait till it goes back to normal. I remember asking somebody for a physical arc of a book. Cause I was like, Hey, I need a physical arc of the book because I'm more likely to read it. And they're like, Nope, we don't, we're not doing that. I'm like, okay, well I'm not going to read it. <laughs> yeah. That is the thing. I've bumped up against that too. It's, 
uh, I'm not going to read it. It's, uh, if I get if I get a digital version, that's just how I am as a reader. If I get a digital version, I have millions of digital versions of things, unless it is literally sitting on my bedside staring at me in the face. I'm not going to read it. The, the one book I've gotten, um, I think I got, yeah. So it's just like, how are we going to adjust and pivot instead of freezing? And I think we're at fight or flight, you know, and a lot of people are not. Yeah, especially on a corporate level, because everything gets more complicated when oh, you yeah. have to deal with a, with a bureaucratic system. You know, I definitely think it's on authors, as it always is. This part hasn't changed, but it's always. on to figure out how to adapt always. and adjust. Yeah. And, you know, I guess if you want to look on the bright side, the one thing is, as an author, as an individual, you have the room and the space to experiment and to adjust and to try new things without anybody telling you what to do. It's just hard being untethered and out there on your own with no support trying to make it happen. But, you know, that uh -huh. is one thing you can do. And, yeah, I agree. Tor.com has done a really good job. But, you know, the other thing with that is it comes back to, like, Tor.com was really positioned well for this kind of thing because they have such oh, a yeah. digitally focused model, yep. you know. So there's a lesson to be learned there, too. But I don't, I don't know how to solve any of this. I've been, well, you know, I said, I got a book coming out in the week. I've been doing what I can to get to get out there and connect with people on my own. And it's hard right now because, you know, I've got a million other things going on, pandemic and business-wise. And it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do by yourself. But we persevere because what are you going to do? You know, you're going to stop. Why would we do right? that? Enjoy it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. For Hi. me, I've been, uh, sorry, go on, Cameron. No, no, Margaret. Oh, I've just been a, a lot of my, because I don't have anything fresh out right now. Um, I've got a lot of issues with the uh, very personal stuff. Like, like Cameron, I'm healthy, my family's healthy, and still under contract, and all that. Husband's still employed. But uh, I've been being hit with a lot of migraines and ADD during this time. And so I've been watching other people create stuff. And of course, you never see all the many, many hours where people are not creating, where they feel vulnerable, where they feel like shit, where they're pretty sure that their career is over. And then they throw together a TikTok video that everyone loves. And then you think, oh, wow, th they're doing nothing but creating awesome shit. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, I've been like, I can't, I, for a while there, I was having trouble just creating the stuff I was supposed to be creating as an everyday mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. much less making anything new and exciting. And um, I, I felt like that was like the worst. <laughs> it's like that, that's not a, a, a that's not a made-for-TV movie story of overcoming when, like, your head hurts and uh, yeah. your ADD distracts you to play with your Switch too much. I and know, uh, I mean, they're looking for stuff. I, I mean, if I, could get Val if I could get Valerie Bertinelli on board, then I know it would be a great TV movie. But overall, it's it's it, it just feels like I've been looking so far inward and admitting that my problems are not nearly as bad as say people who've had covid and been suffering for months you know people who get it for months still feel the 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 results yeah yeah wear your goddamn mask people i don't care i don't care why you're not reading it. i just don't care anymore just wear the fucking mask you are part of the problem if you don't not i'm gonna have more rum you guys talk no those are all valid things you just there. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the kind of the historical context. It's like you mm -hmm. have to you have to keep your issues in context, and you know that's that's an important and healthy thing. But you also have to allow yourself room to like experience that shit and not invalidate it. You know, yeah. it's walking that line. And you know, we talked about this in the show before with the whole everyone is creating awesome shit but me thing. And, yes. you, and you just said it yourself. It's like you only see the sausage. You don't see how the sausage is made. Yeah. You don't see them when they're up at 3 a.m. sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you yourself really helped me out when you said that um, a lot of people creating stuff are like in Hollywood and can't work right now. We're authors. We can work right now. Whether mm -hmm. or not our heads are in the game, that's a n different question. But it's like we are not physically stopped from doing our work now, and they are. So yeah. they have, they may need creative outlets. They have the time. They have the creative energy to go, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to be Jack Black and show everybody that even though I'm large, I'm more limber than any of you bitches. Do you guys remember that video? Did you see the video? <laughs> Jack Black dancing? That was amazing. Such a hard left. <laughs> 
I don't care. We said we were going to no. drink for this one, and I'm drinking. So. No, that's no, no, I just I watched a video of Henry Cavill building his his own computer. So was, that, yeah, yeah, I saw that going that around. Something, yeah. <laughs> that's the Witcher guy, right? The Witcher it. guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he wearing um, the Witcher wig? No, he's not with the wig. No, okay. better without the wig. Like the no. But I like him better as the. I didn't care for him at all until I saw the Witcher. So Me too. Now and now he's just like he's just like a cousin or a brother or something. I don't have that anyway. anyway. <laughs> oh. Cameron will invite him to a barbecue, but she won't fuck no, him. Oh, we'll go to barbecue. <laughs> you know that. Um, uh, I was gonna say. Oh yeah. Uh, Honestly, Mur, you know, early in this thing, like the first two months, I could not concentrate on shit. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything. Um, I, I could barely get my day job work done. I was having to be like, sorry, guys, we've got to roll this one to the next, you know, period. I, I just, I can't, I can't do it. And that for me, right, is really hard. And that's yeah. like how I'm surviving, um, let alone trying to write, you know, the Patreon story every month and trying to get this fucking book done. But it was really hard. And I just had to remind myself, you are going through a global pandemic. We haven't done this in a hundred years. There's all this other stuff going on. Fascism, blah. You know, yeah. just give yourself a fucking break. Give yourself a break. And you know, by just relaxing and giving myself a break, eventually I kind of got into the new normal, but I had to give myself the time to get used to the fact that this is the new normal. And yeah. there's a grieving process. I feel like there's a grieving process of realizing, oh, there's that denial oh, no, it's going to be fine. And I think there's a lot of people still in that. It'll be fine. Four months. Four months, Four right? Four months. I know. It'll be fine. And I'm just like, no, it, this is it. This is the world is utterly changed. Uh, and and that realization is really hard. But once I finally came to grips with the idea that I was probably not going to travel more than 20 miles from my house for two years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Once I came to that realization, it was like, then I could kind of work again. Because there really is like, you have to give yourself time to process. When you're going through these times of, you know, rapid change and upheaval, it's okay um, to take a little time. That said, again, as we talked about, then you gotta pivot. <laughs> okay, yeah. now, now how do we survive in this new normal, so. Absolutely. I mean, Hurley, you're someone who has an actual, you know, fantastical woodland wonderland in their backyard, let alone if you're somebody who's stuck in a studio apartment. You know, you gotta, you gotta give yourself, you gotta give yourself the space to, to to grieve, like you said, grieve and understand that this is very hard. These are hard things. Yeah, they're hard things. I feel like the longer you put that off, because, you know, we talk about how we've had months and months, but I feel like, you know, a lot of people just put that off mentally because they were waiting for it. I agree. For some reason, June was like one of the hardest months. Yeah, a lot of people went, oh, six, eight weeks. Yeah, I'll get through that. And then when it wasn't over in six or eight weeks, they're like, oh, shit. And they're just going through it now, realizing, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I had it in my head that uh, I could get together with Ursula Vernon and her husband and my family, and we could, like, do a Hugo thing together at night. Yeah. And, like, a couple of months ago, this sounded perfectly feasible. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's less than a month. It ain't happening. (laughs) <laughs> Ursula and I are actually going to get go next week and get takeout at the same restaurant and sit in our cars, our different cars, with wow, the windows yeah. down and, like, shout at each other. Uh-huh. Probably publishing gossip, so if you want to find us and listen, you might hear some dirt, but, yeah, publishing so gossip in our cars. Juicy, juicy dirt. Yeah. Oh, man, we should film that. Oh, shit, that would be great. Yeah. Authors in opposite cars spilling the tea. Like yeah. <laughs> Can't hear half of it, but what you do yeah. here, choice. You're munching, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of people screaming, what'd you say? <laughs> Who's an asshole? It's good to see you too. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm calling Ursula after this. We're going to film it. I'm ready. I see, go for it. I would, I, I, I would find that horribly Authors in cars with lunch. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, in opposite cars. That's the opposite cars. Of course. Lunch. Different cars, yeah. Appropriate social distancing with lunch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's rough, man. I mean, Murray, you had to, you know, you have a you have a daughter who graduated high school and had yeah. to do a, a drive by yeah. graduation. You know, that's that's it's not it's not uh, not what anyone was planning on. 
Yeah, and that, <laughs> Tell me about it. We we had you know calling all the grandparents and saying no, you can't come. <laughs> also, there's nothing to come to. Mm-hmm. But you can't come. That was you know fun. Explaining things to elderly people. I don't want to generalize all elderly people, but I had common theme I have dealt with and have seen people deal with is having to explain a lot of what's going on to elderly people. <laughs> Entirely getting the context. It's sort of like own challenge within all of the other challenges. For the record, nobody disagreed. No, and actually, right. I, I, like I'm some yeah. said, some said, "I'm sorry, we're not going to come." And I said, "That's great because there's nothing to come to, and I want you guys to stay safe, and I want us to stay safe." But still, you know, people are saying, "What's up with graduation?" We're like, "Nothing. We're gonna drive there, pick it up, and come home." It was great. It did get uh, did meet up with. A friend of Fiona's before the graduation, and uh, we were all very distant, and we took pictures of them together, social distancing, and we realized the way they could social distance is if they took, we, they did the whole Spider-Man pointing at other Spider-Man thing. I like Because, it. you know, that's about the right distance. So, we have pictures of them pointing at each other like Spider-Man, separate, separated by six feet, so... We got, In my we head, got... I was seeing like a forced perspective thing, like Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, you know, where one of them looks giant and the other one looks really little. I'm not that talented, and they're both in like caps and gowns and masks, so. I mean, if I'd been there on the day, we probably could have hooked that up, but I wasn't consulted. So no, you whatever. weren't consulted. It's fine. it's fine. It's totally fine. Just leave me out after that. It's not a big deal. I'll just sit here in my little office drinking Amaretto and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Which is honestly very tasty. Like, <laughs> after the, the after first three or four, I'm sure it is. Now, I, I can, that sounds so disgustingly sweet. <laughs> I would just vomit it right out. Yeah, I just. Yeah, and that's fair. Nick, no, and, and that's okay. I, A lot of people prefer, you know, those the the sweeter drinks. It is interesting to me though. You know, I ordered a bunch of specialty gins recently, mm. and I was like, this is all horrible. <laughs> they were really sweet, uh, and it just it, uh, so yeah. I, I'm fascinated at what we all prefer in drinks. So so what you so just like, ordered a bunch of gins that weren't worth it? Uh yeah, because I you know I'm in lockdown. Why don't I try some different gins? And there was like a rhubarb gin. Oh no, no no no. That sounds disgusting. I'll say I that sounded delightful. I like rhubarb. Did but... it work? Uh, well, the rhubarb was the most palatable of the three I ordered. So, yeah. Yeah. The other is okay. not, not good. So, yeah. So, what else did you order? Thing. Rhubarb. Jason smelled them and was like, oh, yeah, this this is great. This sounds great. Because, again, he likes the sweeter drinks. Um, but I am not I am not a sweet drink person. Okay. Yeah, Nikki's like you. She finds sweet drinks cloying and, and yeah. disgusting. Well, I also yeah. find it like it, it, it feels like a like a secret trick. Like if some alcohol should taste like alcohol, so you know what you're doing. It should taste like jet fuel. It yeah. should. I'm it not saying it should I taste agree. like ass. I'm saying that you want to no, take a drink and think, "Wow, like this it. is alcoholic. I should probably measure how much I'm having." Not, "Wow, that tastes good. Give me more." Or caffeine too, where I'm just like, I want, you know, oh yeah, bitter coffee. Oh, that's the shit. You know, I don't know. It's your idea to have me on your show. And we love having you on our show. All right. Well, good, because you can't go back. (laughs) No, this is what we've got. This is going to be episode 100 no matter what happens. We could just edit Cameron out and have, like, episode 100 without Cameron. It would just have these silent spots. like like... These long, these long silences. Yeah. (laughs) We're just like, pretend Cameron is being funny. Yeah. No, I think this is going smashingly. You get it? Smashingly? Because we're drinking? Ah. I, I do words for a living. I don't know if, if you, you have to point it out before we even have a chance to respond. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mind moves much faster, Mar. What can I say? You know, I'm already three steps ahead. I'm playing chess here. Stop playing checkers. Catch up with me, okay? I'm playing 3D chess. I'm, just telling you. I'm playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> selling turnips not till tomorrow i've got a large spike coming you've got a large what coming spike spike in turnip prices coming tomorrow i see so the turnip market you got to keep a close eye on that because it's hot yes exactly 
I know you're mocking me, but no, it's a serious thing. You can go to go to turnupexchange.com. Oh, let me tell you, Murr and my spouse go back and forth about those turnip prices, or they did yeah. for a while. He doesn't do it much anymore. But listen, it's a serious matter, Matt. It's very serious. <laughs> Turnips are serious. Yeah. Dude, if you could invest in something. If you could invest you in something could. for $100 and sell it for $600 five days later, that would be a much more interesting stock market than the one we have. Well, and again, if I could make as much money as a farmer, uh, you know, in real life as I do in Stardew Valley, yeah. I'd be golden, right? Yeah. Yeah, you really can't pay your kids' uh, college funds with four coffee plants the no. way you could in Stardew Valley. <laughs> Do they have student loans in Animal Crossing? No, but they have house loans. Yeah, they have a lot. Of, it's too capitalist for me. Listen, Animal Crossing is a little too capitalist. That's what I'm saying. It sounds incredibly cat. It just sounds like they make capitalism cuter. Like that's yeah. all. It is. It's very cute capitalism. capitalism. Yes. Yes. We're gonna find out later that Animal Crossing is just a massive conspiracy. Like the bank, <laughs> the banking system is behind it. Was the whole time. They just made it as a training tool. To make to make a new generation of good little capitalists who enjoy turnips. Yes, the real the good little capitalists are going to be really really pissed off when they find out that loans have interest in the real world. Well, you know that's the, that's how they get you, Mur. It's like a gateway. Yeah, thing. but it's like an Animal Crossing gateway capitalism. The, exactly. Basically, in in Animal Crossing, loan means you can't build another extension to your house until you pay me for the last one, and if you never pay me for the last one. Okay. That that that's as bad as it gets. You just can't put another room on your house until you pay the loan of the last one. There's no interest. There's no Tom Nook riding your ass or sending people to your house with bats or anything. Do people? Who are you borrowing? Gateway <laughs> <laughs> capitalism. I'm just talking <laughs> about what I've seen on TV. An animal doctor. <laughs> No, seriously, can you have your island foreclosed on? Oh, uh, no. No, you no. can't. It's you not... Can't, so... No, basically, you build it, and Tom Nook <laughs> makes money off of you, so he needs to treat you right. Just the amount... good. The, just the right amount of right, which is probably why your loans don't have interest. Because you build this thing. Nobody, Everybody else just wanders around eating ice cream that you can't get. You don't know where <laughs> these assholes get this what? ice cream. Where are they getting the ice cream? <laughs> It's like I'm all sorry. these people are Everyone's walking around with like about eating ice cream. You yes. Can't... yes, yes. <laughs> you don't know where they get the ice cream. There's nobody selling ice cream. There's no ice cream in your house. You go to their house. They don't have ice cream dispenser. Where do they get the fucking ice cream? This is what keeps Murr up at night. It does. Yep. So it's gateway capitalism, and also they gaslight you with ice cream. Total gaslighting with ice cream. This sounds horrible. I mean, fascinating. That's the, honestly at this point the only the reason I don't get into it is because I just enjoy hearing about it with no context. Of no context. Yep. It's yep. way more entertaining that way. I feel like because yep. all of these things they're fun to puzzle over. But you seem to have a, a handle on the whole thing, where you seem to be like an Animal Crossing mogul at this point. So. Yes, I do enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I was actually going to ask you guys a, an, an honest business question, but it is going to involve gaming, so just, like, get ready to laugh at me, because I know Cameron. Okay. So, um, the thing is that people are talking about lockdown. People are doing really interesting things with Animal Crossing. Uh, Gary Witta has a talk show, and I've watched it, and apparently what happens is he just calls somebody up and uh, interviews them and records it. And mm -hmm. then somebody on his team creates a character that looks like that person. The one I saw was Sting. So, guy made a character that looks like Sting, and then guy comes into the... You, you can customize so many things in Animal Crossing. Right. So yeah. he's customized his big room to look like a talk show between two ferns, big city in the background kind of thing. And um, then, so dude who looks like Sting comes and sits on the, the couch, and they talk. And you're basically just looking at the two people, but every once in a while when Sting says something funny, one of the characters will laugh and, or look shocked or something. And 
people are loving this shit. And then I found out yeah. that, a, that a comedian is doing like a basement open mic thing exactly the same way. She'll mm-hmm. ask her friends for stand-up, and then if they're not Animal Crossing players, some of them are, some of them aren't, uh, she'll have, either she or somebody else will build that character and ask the comedian for, like, physical responses so mm-hmm. that they will do the right physical thing when they say the joke. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been sitting here doing the whole, what can I do? And and that's that's as far as I've gotten. But I keep thinking, yeah, I know, I know. What can you do at Animal Crossing? No, no. I told you guys to be ready to laugh at me. Diggers in Animal Crossing. Yes, we could do ditch diggers at Animal Crossing. Well, I could. It would be great. But I was always trying to figure out how I could use it with Stardew Valley because, unfortunately, to to do that in Animal Crossing, I have to spend a couple more hundred dollars. And I'm not um, quite ready to do that because I have you have to buy equipment to stream your Switch. And I don't have that equipment. But Stardew Valley, you can't customize a new, like, avatar. Exactly. You and Matt, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm trying to figure out how I could do an Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley? Like, Is that what's going on here? I missed the first part. Are there no fat people in Stardew Valley? Is that what's going on here? You can't create an avatar for a second person in Stardew Valley. Oh, or I guess so... you could visit well, it's, her. It's, I guess I mean he his avatar is multiplayer, but I don't think you can create fat people. That's true. So, so Animal Crossing is sizes on top of everything else. Yes. I'm glad we're getting out there. I think people need to know about this. Yes. No, I'm sure there's a way around it. Um, not around creating fat people, but around like us being able to do some facsimile of ditch diggers. Without all the fancy equipment, we're pretty smart people. We can figure it out. We are. I just, I guess that's the that's the what what creative shit can I do in this lockdown crisis thing? And I'm seeing other people do interesting things with gaming and whatever they want to bring across, whether it be talk show or humor or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, I, I, what? I think it's just got to come like from you, or I know it seems like exactly. a really abstract. No, fix it, it for me. But I'm saying, it's like, it has to be something unique. It's like, you know, um, Shinyan Kaur uh, is an installation artist, so they've been recreating performance art pieces on Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. And they've been, like, covered by Wired Magazine and all kinds of shit. It's brilliant. So I'm saying, it has to, like, come from what you like and what you're into and what you have an innate understanding of, I think. And you need to bring that out in some way. So what you're saying so is you're not going to help me. What I'm saying is, I don't <laughs> think anyone can help me. I don't think you can be told what the Matrix is. I think you have to experience it. <laughs> Damn it. I thought I would you. get advice You're from friends. You're just not here. accepting my help right now. I'm giving you wisdom here. Okay. You came to me for advice, and I'm giving you wisdom. I want advice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any of that. I just have wisdom. <laughs> Give me a fish, Matt. I can't do anything with this fishing pole. Wisdom is way easier than advice. Alright, fine. Anyway, I'm trying to think of something interesting to do with online gaming and the podcast that I do with lockdown in mind. That's all. No, I'm I'm really just stalling while I, while I try to think of something <laughs> meaningful. And uh, I don't know. Writing is... Can you write things in Animal Crossing? Can you actually I can sit, things? I can sit... No. Well... I can sit on a couch and pretend to write on a typewriter, and the typewriter will move. I can but go to it doesn't a... actually produce words. No. I can go to a bulletin board and leave a message for somebody else. This is such a fucking bizarre conversation that we're having right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a hamster who I gave a suit of iron armor to, and he likes to wear it and sing along when his favorite song plays. Thank you for for grounding it after I said this is a really bizarre conversation. Thank you for adding some real. Mark keeps it real. Let's bring let's bring it back down with my uh, with my impressionist hamster. Yeah. Uh, In the armor. Don't. Hamster, f- by the way. Rodney, I believe. Do you not get to pick the hamster's name? No, no. The hamster comes to you named. But you can give right. it clothes, and if it likes the clothes, it'll wear it. So it likes the suit of iron armor I gave it. Her <laughs> is very invested in the hamster. You're just creating more questions with everything you say. <laughs> so where does this the hamster come from? This is how Stardew Valley. 
because she kept talking about all their interconnected relationships and who was cheating on whom yeah. and who was this and that. And I think I'm like, what the fuck is this game? This is how she gets you. The hamsters yeah. can be adultery? What's happening? Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Matt. That's how she gets you. Wow. I wasn't yep. ready for that. I that, wasn't that, ready that, for that, that either. I'm trying to figure out. If you were ready, but Murr dropped it. I just want to know where the hamster comes from. Is does it come from the same place as the ice cream? Like, and you don't. You no, the it? hamster eats the ice cream. Nobody right. eats the hamster. You don't see like a larger villager walking around with a hamster in his hand, just chomping away. Is everyone vegetarian in Animal Crossing? They must be. Probably Something. because there's that like. That's actually a serious question. I really do. Eat the really Animal Crossing. No, I no, that's the problem. That's why I'm complaining because all the animals wander around eating stuff. And you're like, I haven't eaten in like 39 days. Will someone give me a popsicle? <laughs> and they're like, nope, I want you to go find a bug for me. I mean, in, in fairness, Murray, you get to exist outside of the game, so. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't, they don't get to do that. They're trapped in an existentialist prison forever. In a capitalist existentialist capitalist. prison. Capitalist. Which is the worst kind of existentialist prison. Worst. So imagine what they feel like. You know, eating a carrot is probably the only solace that they get. They get to wander uh, around and wear iron armor and sing. What do they sing? They sing KK Slider songs. <laughs> <laughs> do they there, actually? There's let's one. Get into KK Slider. Listen, this is gonna be all night. I'll just say there's one musical artist in Animal Crossing World. One. And he does every single genre there is. Every single one. He just has one song in every single genre. I mean, that's impressive, I yeah. guess. Without, without any further context, I'm sure if you keep explaining it, it will become horrible eventually. <laughs> As everything in Animal Crossing seems to do when you explain it enough. It starts out really cute and then just gets weird and awful. <laughs> the more you talk about it or perhaps that's something I'm bringing to this discussion maybe it's me I'm willing to acknowledge that uh, but anyway <laughs> should we do some Q&A? No, do we um, have any? that sounds good Yeah, we have some Q&A yeah I went to the t no you're not on the Twitters Mara. you have people handling that for you I do have very, people handling that for me she does a great you're job very, you're very busy and important, so... Dude, I got a um, fucking book that's late. I got to finish a book. Book finishing. Happening oh, here. We all have a book that's late that we have to finish. You're not <laughs> spending... This is 2020. Everyone has a late book. Listen. So, yeah. I'm going to go to the Twitters here, and we'll answer some questions for episode 100, because that's a thing we do on the show, so it's a good thing to revisit. I yeah, we it. don't just talk about Animal Crossing. We, we play it. Murr's just mad because we still haven't given her any ideas for what she can do. No, it's fine. You've shamed me enough to think that maybe I should just come up with something myself, even though I've been trying. Been trying. It's not I like really I'm just lazy over valid here. valid advice. I gave you valid guidance. You just want me to do the work for you. So I'm not going to feel bad about you right now. What are the questions, Matt? Anyway. <laughs> what questions does the internet have for us? So Dirac says, congrats on 100. Keep up the great work. That's not a question, but it was I nice. love it. <laughs> Best question it ever. It makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom asks, what is your favorite cocktail? <laughs> well, I guess you have to answer that, Matt. Yeah, Matt. What? Well, clearly it's Amaretto and Dr. Pepper. I don't think, look. I don't, I've met your mom. She's lovely, but I don't think she gives a shit about whether I drink Amaretto and Dr. Pepper. Maybe she does. Maybe she's invested she in wants... 100 episodes after all. She wants to know what you're drinking, Matt. Well, we, co we covered that, so I don't know what to okay. say. But no, we I, covered, I no, we covered what you're drinking. We didn't cover your favorite drink. Of the alcohol that's in my house right now, this was my favorite, because this is what we have left. I think we have wine, too. We've been going through the wine, though. You're really it's in the fun. whole, uh, if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with, aren't you? <laughs> Hey, it's yeah. quarantine day, whatever, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, true. You love what you're with. We'll go with that. Uh, I don't know. What is my favorite? That's actually, a, when you when you get past all the, the laughter and whatever, that is a very good question. I don't know what my favorite cocktail is, to be honest with you. My go-to is always rum and coke, because I'm a rum guy. And it's hard to find a good sipping rum. So, Cracking. Uh, yeah, we'll go, I'm going to go rum and coke. 
It's, you know, it's like a 57 Chevy of cocktails. It's just dependable. It's always, it's always there for you. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, Jesus. Uh, so what about you? What about both of you? You answer the question. Favorite cocktail? Probably a Dark and Stormy, which is uh, dark rum and ginger beer. Strong. And a good name. Yes, I know. Kind of describes you, Mark. Dark and Stormy. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I play a little bit too much Animal Crossing and uh, Stardew Valley to be dark and stormy. So like, I don't know. maybe Animal morning fog. Dark to me. <laughs> Actually, Stardew Valley is a lot darker. It's uh... yeah, Stardew Valley can get pretty dark. That's true. So Hurley, favorite cocktail? My mom is very interested. Uh, <laughs> I like mint juleps. Mint juleps are pretty good. Classic. Um, Ooh, mojitos and, are good. And, yeah, and, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, I still like the occasional nice peaty scotch, but mostly, most of my go-to, again, for the last year or so has been uh, gin and seltzer water, so. Nice, clean. Easy, right, clean, low-carb, <laughs> very easy. So it's so. health food. It's, like, basically it's healthy. Yeah. I'm so full of health, yeah. It comes from the earth. It's from the earth. It's from plants. Yeah, it's from pea. Yeah. And now, plant. how I got into gin, uh, it was actually that Helsinki World Con, mm. where giving those with the juniper berries in yes. it. I was like, "Holy fuck! What the fuck is this?" And someone's like, "That's a gin and tonic." And I was like, "This is the most amazing thing I've ever." Well, that had. was the best gin and tonic in the world. It was the best gin Not- and tonic world yeah and, and we're not exaggerating it, it had won no, it like a really best gin and tonic in the world competition because, again with the juniper berries those cranberries and finland it was it was a delight so yeah, yeah. That, that was actually what got me uh hooked on gin because then i was just like wow i really need to you know start experimenting with gins so yep that was it i was i was swapped out from pd scotch for for years so there we go hey see we got a good story to the question it yeah. works out. Uh, all right. So Alex Kamachi asks, what thing has turned into the most valuable career advice that was said to you as an offhand comment slash not intentionally meant as advice? Which is an interesting question. Wait, so yeah. just say the beginning worried. again. So what's the most, so what is the most valuable career advice that you've heard but it wasn't actually said to you, meaning they didn't mean it to be career advice. It's just a lesson you took from sure. something that was said to you and applied it to your career, and it helped. Hmm. That's a good question. Alex throwing hardballs. Alex throws hardballs. That's what she not does. Giving, not giving a fuck. It's uh, a really good question. I'm just going to like edit out like minutes of day. Well, I think the problem is that you know so many writers right couch everything as oh here's my advice here's my advice uh, as opposed to just talking about stuff they do it's really fucking annoying i have i have no tolerance left for writing advice at this point in my life right I yeah i i've unfollowed people because they just give writing advice yeah. <laughs> like i don't i'm too tired i'm too old and tired like um, i find i find experience valuable at this yeah. point interested in hearing about your experience your personal experience yeah. or advice you know and that's what i that's kind of what i try to do if i'm going to talk about writing is i try to talk about my own personal experience with stuff so well, i feel like i've taken a lot from that yeah and i think you know i got actually so there was um a writing retreat i went to where yeah an author talked about their experience going through like five agents or six agents or something incredible and it was a really good, um, you know, conversation just because at the time I was kind of up in the air about, you know, is my, who is my first agent? I'm on my second agent right now, but I was like, is this first agent, you know, really good for me? Uh, what should I do? I don't know. And it wasn't like, I didn't ask for advice, but we all just started talking about agents at this retreat. And, you know, he had a lot of stories about, you know, problems that he'd had and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I started to see, okay, like here are some different ways that agent relationships could be right. Uh, and kind of getting that perspective of like, there's no, there's no, there's not necessarily like a normal 
for agent relationships, but it's like, what of these relationships do you want to have, right? Uh, and I think so that was very valuable to me. And again, like you said, Matt, it, it was a story, right? We were just right. talking stories. It wasn't, it wasn't, oh, I'll give you advice about this because I wasn't sharing, you know, my, my issues. Um, but it was, it was valuable in that I heard somebody's stories with who had lots of experience with many different types of agent relationships. So, yeah. That's a good one. I, I'll, I'll fall back on an old, old favorite of mine that I haven't, I haven't told this story in a while. So it's a good one to bring up. Uh, this is back in my wrestling days when I was first, when I was in, in school and just training to wrestle. And uh, I, you know, I also worked at the school helping out the, my head trainer, like with stuff. And that's like practically where I live. But anyway, so I don't even remember what had happened at this point, but like some, some kind of shitty business thing had happened. And we were, we were sitting around lamenting how tough the industry is and just kind of like consoling ourselves. And uh, my head trainer ended whatever they said with, with this very simple phrase that resonated with me very deeply, which was, at least we have a profession. And for some reason, I've always seized on that, and it always helps me through hard times, no matter what job or career you know I'm, I'm doing. Like any writing job I've ever had or any pursuit I've ever gone through, when things go shitty, I can always fall back on, eh, you know, at least I have a profession. I have something that I do. I have some kind of skill. I have something that I've gotten moderately okay at. Above, at least above average of what most people can usually do with it. And I find that helps me get through. So I'll bust that one out for this for this question. Yeah. Now, and I like that. I get a, not only, again, something that I'm good at, but something that I give a shit about, you know? Yeah, that's also what <laughs> It's like, we have a thing we're dedicated to because we feel it's worthwhile, you know? We feel yeah. It's and it's so. true. Not everybody has that. Right? That's true. No, yeah. yeah. Really I mean, we, you know, we think of it like, oh, well, of course, it's not a big deal. But yeah, a lot of people, they don't have, like, again, a profession. They don't have yeah. a Yeah. So. It's a waning thing, sadly, especially in, in the current economy that we have. So, yeah, that's, that's, no, that's no small thing and worth remembering. Which brings us to you, Mur. Hope you hope you use that time wisely while I was talking. <laughs> totally. Haven't been just sitting here in a happy, tipsy bliss. Um <laughs> What I'm I can, unfortunately, what I think about is the, the offhand comments that have really affected me poorly. <laughs> but um, I think uh, I, I'll go again with the agents and and I guess just that feeling of uh, no, actually, what 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 I keep coming to is um, when I. The first person who was ever interested in me from New York Publishing was Matt's agent, Dong Wan Song, who was an editor at Orbit at the time. Right. And he asked to have a meeting with me at Worldcon. And I was thrilled, and we had a meeting. We had coffee together. It was fun. And then um, I got an invite to the Hugo Before Party, and I was standing in line with uh, Davey, who would eventually become my editor, because Dong Wan uh, left Orbit soon after and he gave my manuscript to Davy. Mm -hmm. But Davy sat me down and she's like, Why'd you send it to him? Why didn't you send it to me? And I'm like, Well, he's the one who contacted me. I thought he was she's like, No, that's not the kind of stuff he publishes. You should have sent it to me And I'm like, Oh, so different I mean, I know it sounds so simple now, but it's like oh, yeah. you don't just throw it at an editor. You need to like think about who you're sending stuff to and why. And, yeah. uh, you know, of course, Davy. if you've ever met Davy, she's, she, she tries to be harsh, but she's so delightful that even if she is being harsh at you, you're like, oh, I had a conversation with Davy, yay. But, uh, yeah, Davy's sitting down going, yeah, that's not the kind of stuff, you, you don't write the stuff Dong Wan publishes. You should send it to me. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Well, Dong Wan left, and I'm with Davy now, so it worked out. So, um, but still, I, it, it always made me think of if I'm pitching, who am I pitching to and why? And I think that helped me further on with um, agent choosing and stuff. I actually think that's a way better answer than any of the crap that her. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that's such a good insight because I had a very similar one. Uh, you know, my agent went out and pitched uh, my first novel, God's War, um, and she sent it. I forget who she sent it to, but again, there was there was a publisher called Bantam back then. Uh, but yeah, long, long Phantom, I remember that. Yeah, years and years and years, and the old days, the olden times. Um, and she sent it to an editor there who rejected it and was like, eh. 
and then got an email from another editor who was there who said, I heard Cameron Hurley has a book, and I read a short story of hers, and um, why haven't you sent me this book? And she's like, well, I sent a book to your co-editor, and they rejected it. She's like, well, you should send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sent it, sent it to her, and that was the first deal we got that was eventually canceled because of 2008. Right. But we were paid out for it, right? And within 24 hours of her reading that book, we had a deal uh, wow. that was paid out. So, uh, and it is, it's so important. You have to find the right editor at the house to pitch to. It's not just, oh, the the publishing house itself has rejected you. It, it is an individual editor. It is such a personal decision that finding that right person, and, and to me, that's what your agent helps you with, and that's what you bring to the table too, is when you're discussing those uh, lists of who will we send it to, um, and I've done that myself. I'm like, well, this editor follows me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> this follows me on Twitter, so we should probably put them on the list. Um, so yeah, so that's a, that's a great insight for sure. Yeah. That's very good. And uh, that wraps up the questions we have for Twitter, but that's convenient because I believe we're coming up on the almighty hour. That's or, right, yeah. and and Matt has to get back to work now that he's had some amaretto <laughs> and Dr Pepper. It's a it work. It's the middle of my work day. Jeez. Boozing shamelessly. All my coworkers are going to listen to this. My boss follows me on Twitter. You know that. <laughs> my boss, I think we have like a, we used to, we were having like a 3 p.m. happy hour. And yeah, everybody was, everybody was lit at 3 p.m. So <laughs> it's quarantine. It's quarantine. Listen, there are exceptions made for day drinking. Listen. Yeah. It's all good. I have my all boss. Good. Awesome. My boss shouted out my new book in the staff meeting. Oh, shit. Awesome. Yeah, like Great. 50, yeah. 50, 50 people on this video call. And he's he's making me. Yeah. Good, good dude. So, yeah, I'm good. It's all good. Cool. Good. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say if you are voting for the Hugos, you have until the 22nd. And, mm -hmm. you know, I believe Cameron would appreciate your vote. I'll just go ahead and put words in her mouth. And uh, <laughs> Escape Pod would also appreciate your vote on the semi-prozine ballot. And uh, Matt has Savage Legion coming out next Tuesday. We're going to get this up before Tuesday. Damn it. And this will be up and it'll push sales. And Matt and I are doing a live crowdcast Monday night nice. to launch the book. And Matt and I have a birthday next Saturday on the 25th, which is just a weird little coincidence, but Matt and I have the same birthday. And do. July 25th is awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I think that's all my news. Uh, I got some good news, that's but I can't talk about it. So I, I yeah, I, what, did I step on you? I'm sorry. I was trying to say No, up. I appreciate it. Please, by all means, promo my stuff. You're, promo you're the great. stuff by Savage Legion. I would appreciate it. I really would. You know, worked really, worked really hard on it. I think it's a pretty good book. Not like amazing, but pretty good. <laughs> that is not, not how you sell a fucking book. Jesus Christ. Let's I rewind and try again. Such an amazing fantasy novel you will read in 2020. You will transform your life. That's how you. No. That's how you do it, Matt. Yeah, Matt's like, if you're in the bathroom and there's, like, a Reader's Digest in my book, maybe choose my book, if you've already read the Reader's Digest. Listen, between my <laughs> book and Half a Ham Sandwich, I feel like maybe my book would serve you better. I'm just saying. I don't know the quality of the ham that's in the sandwich, but... You'd have to be some fucking Spanish Serrano ham to some good stuff. dare to compete. Yeah. You're going to yeah. pick it over my very shiny book. My book is very shiny. I will absolutely it's say that. Shiny. Yeah. Whatever anybody else can write in their book that might be better than mine, I have the shiniest book. Wow. So there's that. No, the book is brilliant. I'm brilliant. <laughs> It'll change my life. Pre-order my book. There or we go. Just order it if this comes out after the 21st. Or Listen, 21st. it will be a lovely, wonderful, adventurous diversion from the shit that is 2020. Your life could be so much worse. You could be in a terrible situation that you're not in. So read the book and go somewhere else. There you go. There you go. Yes. From Hurley, a marketing From Hurley, of all people. Yeah, just like, fucking A, enjoy the adventure. Then go vote for the oh. Hugos, because you don't have much time left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, they have like a two-week window. Two-week window. Anyway. Yeah, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm MightyMurr at gmail.com and Merverse.com 
uh, you guys pitch your own sites and stuff. I am Cameron fucking Hurley. Yeah. 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 Is that your yeah, URL? Thank you so much or... for having me on. Thank you so much for having me back for episode 100. I do appreciate it. Um, hopefully we will round this out uh, with the full crew at some point at a later date. But it was fabulous. And you know that I love you all. That's We're it. so glad to have you on, Cameron. You're always, always fun. Thank you. It was a good way to mark the occasion. Yes, it is. Ditch Diggers 100. Thank you, Matt, for doing this weird thing with me. Thank you, Murph, for pretty much inventing this. <laughs> I, I really just showed up, like I always do. I just show up, and then Murph does all the work. But you are responsible for this thing that we have done that has taken us so far and through so many adventures. But I do also want to thank, Murph, the listeners. Yes. We mm-hmm. must acknowledge the people who listen, because we yes. have a very ardent, devoted listenership and I appreciate them very much. And there's no show without them. Without them, we're just a bunch of drunks talking to each other for no reason. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that, Matt. No, but I'm saying. Yeah, but the audience is important, yes. The podcast. That's what I'm saying. They elevate this podcast. Yes. Right. They do. They, 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 they make us ascend. Yes. Or they elevate it. We'll go with the thing you said. It was better. Yeah, like a cheese sandwich. Half a ham sandwich. Half a ham ham sandwich, excuse me. An elevated half a ham sandwich. Indeed. I don't know. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Love y'all. You can support us at patreon.com slash mightymurr. Ditch Diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com